Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Dirt and Sprague on Football Friday on 1080 The Fan. The autumn wind is a pirate. Blustering in from sea. With a rollicking song, he sweeps along. Swaggering voicelessly. This is a Football Friday edition of Dirt and Sprague. Brought to you by the ALNA Sportsbook. Watch the games in the region's largest video wall and wager on your team at the ALNA Sportsbook. Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. All right, welcome back in. Hour number two of Dirt and Sprague here, right on time as usual. Dave Softy Mahler at the bottom of the hour. We're going to have a honk fest between a Husky and a Duck. I'm going on KJR later today, too, so I'll return the favor. Are you going on his show? I'm going on with Furness, <laughs> and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to honk it up. I think he listens to Furness's show, so that's just going to be right up his alley. Oh, you bet your ass, baby. I'm bringing the heat. <laughs> I'm bringing the heat. I've always said, man, like, uh, it may annoy some people, but you just you know, live in it. Well, I just would like if it was a little more competitive. I think the rivalry would have more juice, you know? Okay, so I, I want to talk about this for a second, and I know I, I have brought <laughs> this up before. I, I keep doing more and more research, and I keep continuing to prove myself right. And okay. I, I'm not often like, hey, I'm right, you're wrong, guy. I'm correct. I cannot speak to the emotions of which people feel here, but Washington's coming into Austin Stadium, top 25 ranked, pretty elite passing game. Penix Jr.'s a great story. Mm-hmm. They're having a great year. There, there is a bit of a mismatch in some categories here. I, I think everybody would acknowledge, and and what I want to say is I cannot change how you feel emotionally, but I'm looking at this thing, and you dub is like ten and twenty in the last thirty years of matchups. You dub yeah. is two and nine in the decade. Oregon has won fifteen out of the last seventeen. I, I just like uh, at some point, man. I I cannot keep hearing. Rivalries need balance. You need some balance here. And maybe UW will bring it this week, and I'm hoping for a great game. I know Duck Fane wants to blow out, but I'm hoping for a great game <laughs> as a spectator because there is something to this. You know, Orem was on yesterday. Orem's an Oregonian guy. He grew up here, grew up in Tillamook. 
And he's like admittedly telling you, like, when I was growing up, man, like, it wasn't UW Oregon wasn't a thing. It was Oregon, Oregon State. And then obviously Kenny Wheaton's going to score, and he scored, and, you know, it was a kind of a bit of a, hey, we're here now. And then it's a bit, hey, no, you're not. And then, oh, yeah, we are. And then it's, <laughs> bye. See you later. <laughs> you can know, never look back. Jordan Reffitt. I think I said his last name right. He used to work for the now defunct CSNW. <laughs> you guys were co-workers over at Comcast. Didn't know him at all. Okay. Never met him. Uh, he is a former <laughs> Husky. Played in the 05, 06, 07 era. Okay. Uh, how many of those did they win? Well, they actually in his in his run they won two of the three. Oh five, oh six, oh seven. No, they did not. You're right. No, that was didn't. in the stretch where Oregon won twelve in a row. <laughs> Uh, I have to go back. I, I looked at this last night because, anyways, my point was he put up a tweet yesterday with a picture of him mm-hmm. looking like he created a fumble, and it's an Oregon player that uh, snap was bad or whatever happened, and so it's him diving. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm like, okay, this is in Seattle. They're wearing purple. Oregon's wearing Stormtrooper. I look back. I see when he played, and I look at the score, and I'm like, okay, he played three years. One year he played in Seattle. The other two he played in Eugene. The final score of that game that he posted a photo on was 55-34. to 34. Did you see Jeff Schwartz's response to it? I didn't. His tweet, it's Oregon week. They don't like <laughs> us. We don't like them. Tradition versus Nike. New money versus old money. Good versus evil. <laughs> Oregon deserves credit for their rise over the last 15 years. But we are Washington. Go dogs. Beat the ducks. Hashtag purple rain. Hashtag bow down. The other part of the photo that he posted, they were 4-9 and nine that year. Yeah. So I don't think it's conveying quite the message he thinks it is. I did not see George, Jeff Schwartz. So Jeff Schwartz response. was on the Oregon team in the picture that he posted, and that he was he responded and quote-tweeted and said, uh, didn't we rush for 465 yards on you in this game? And the answer was yes. 2005, yes, they did. Yes, they did. Washington lost. I was at that game. 2005, they lost 45-21. Yeah. 2006, they lost 34-14. to In 2007, which is probably when that photo was taken, they lost 55-30. to it was that was the game that the photo was taken because yeah. they did indeed rush for 465 yards. I mean, it's not like we're not just talking about 15 out of 17, dude. We're talking about very few of these even being within one score. Like that's the other part of it. Like it's not just one. If you're winning, but at least it's like close games and you just can't quite get over the hump. There's something to that that maybe it dampens the rivalry a little bit. Like I think in the, over the 15 years or the 15 that they've won in 17 years, there's maybe three of them that have been one score games. I used to get excited for this, as I shared this story before. My cousin is a Husky grad. He just happened to line up perfectly with the end of the Don James era and the championship that the Huskies get made fun of for. So, like, he was there in the heyday. He was at those games. He was always telling me how cool it was. Napoleon Kaufman. Like, I kind of always liked UW and I hate UW. And then as an Oregon kid, I just rooted for whoever was doing better, Oregon, Oregon State. I used to like this game. I, I just I, – I need – I need Washington to, to to start showing me. I don't want to get into the, what is a rivalry? I did that last year. It pisses off some people. I get it. But, like, <laughs> rivalry to me has balance. Like, Oregon-Oregon State is a rivalry. It's an in-state thing. Like, that's why that makes sense. Yes, Oregon blows out Oregon State a lot. Eh, it's still an in-state thing. The Apple Cup still means something for those two schools. If you're going to connote rivalries between that state and this state, I need a little more. I need Washington to come into Autzen and cover the damn number and make Duck fan feel a little nervous. There have been some good good games the last few years, 
The overtime walk-off win that Oregon had in the sunshine. I was at a bar watching that game. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. They come from behind victory last year. They had the other one where Die did the dubs down on TV on the ESPN interview. UW spanking Oregon 70-21. to I was at that game. I, I need better games, and, and eventually you're going to need UW to start winning because, like, at some point, yep. your whole, like, Oregon-Washington, if you're winning four games in a 20-year span, you're not giving me anything. <laughs> so I I need UW to come in this weekend. I need them to surprise people. I need them to make this game close. I know you don't want that, but as a spectator and a football fan, this game doesn't mean as much to me anymore. I know it means something to you. It always will, sure. Why? Like at some point it it might not, but I need this game to mean something again, and I want to see if the Huskies can do that for me. I couldn't agree more with you, to be honest. You you need balance in a rivalry. Like I I hate Washington. I love rooting against Washington. I chuckle every time they lose a game. Like there's there's passion there. There's no doubt about it. There's more vitriol now at this point coming from the Washington side to the Oregon side because Oregon's been so dominant in this game for the better part of two decades. Like Washington had their run. You mentioned the 2016 game that they won 70 to 21. I was at that game as well, and I left at halftime because it was like 42 to nothing. My cousin did not want to leave at halftime. I had some buddies who were like, come on, we should go. And I was like, no, we're going to get killed. I don't want to go. And I was like, come on, we'll go have fun. And then at halftime, it's like 69 to zero. I'm like, dude, get me out of here. This is horrible. I think my cousin leaned over and goes, I want to stay for a little thing. I was like, really? It's done. And he goes, he wanted the photo with the scoreboard at the end of the game, probably. Dude, he literally went like this. I need this. Yeah, it's, it's been 12 <laughs> years, man. 35 years. It's been a long time. So, yeah, look, I. but Washington thought they had that, right? 16, they blow out Oregon. Oregon fires their head coach, and you're like, uh-oh, where's it going to go from here? Yeah. 17, Washington won 38-3. to The fact of that, that game I like pointing out was uh, – No Vernon Adams, right? Uh, no, that was the Herbert year, and that was uh, Braxton Burmeister started. Oh, game, that's what it was, yeah. And they lost 38-3. to And then Cristobal takes over, and he was 3-0 against Washington. So you had your run where you're like, hey, we got Chris Peterson, their program, in disarray, we're going to now flip this and become the dominant entity in this rivalry. And then Cristobal came in and he beat Chris Peterson twice, and then he beat Jimmy Lake last year. Um, and so I, when you're so one-sided and you have so much dominance in, in a rivalry, it does lose a little bit of its luster. And I get excited for the game every year because it means a little bit more than if you're playing Cal or Colorado, right? Or you know, there's certain matchups on Arizona. It's like, yeah, there's sure. a hierarchy of teams. There's a hierarchy of okay. teams. You look at the schedule, like, all right, yeah. when's Washington? Okay, do we have a Utah on the schedule? Okay, is a Civil War on a Saturday or Friday. Like, you look at the schedule when it comes out, and it means more when you play Washington, there's no doubt. But if you want to wake this rivalry up, come in and win an Autzen tomorrow. <laughs> like, honestly, I that's how I feel at this point. Like, you got to show me that you're on the same level and you're going to be competitive in this thing going forward. I think Kalen DeBoer is a good head coach. I think he is going to get Washington back to being a respectable program. But there's a feeling around Oregon right now that they're just kind of a level above everybody else. Oh, absolutely. Talent-wise, and then they've added the element of good coaching to that. Yeah. And, and so until I see it on a consistent basis from Washington, uh, you know, they, I mean, they couldn't beat Crystal Ball, man. And so I, there, there's part of it where it's like you got to come in and show, some, show something this weekend and pull off a win, and it's not just, hey, here we go, Oregon-Washington week. We'll see how the game goes tomorrow. Dan Landing on with primetime yesterday, something he pointed out about this matchup. Let's dive into it. We'll get to it next. Don't forget Softy at the bottom of the hour. Dirt and Sprague, 713 on the fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. 
Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, we'll talk with Softy at the bottom of the hour. We'll get his thoughts on where Washington is going into this game and how he feels about this matchup. I mean, there's obvious things that aren't in the Huskies' favor, but Oregon's playing good football, and so I think a lot of people are kind of looking at this game and going, eh, kind of see a beatdown. Maybe that is the case, but Washington's coming in, a better coach team, mm-hmm. an offense that can maybe expose what is the weakness of Oregon's defense. Uh, outside of that Gonzalez kid, my God, two picks against Colorado last weekend. Um, I just pff, stay away from that kid. He's yeah, unbelievable. Uh, especially the former team angle there, like maybe not a great idea to, to throw his way. So Yeah, he clearly was pissed off. Um, so we'll talk with Softy about this. There's a couple things from Dan Lanning uh, I, I want to get to. One, the first one was him. I know we brought this up earlier, but I just want to get to it very quickly here. Isaac and Souk had him on yesterday. You can find the podcast at 1080thefan.com. He is a normal human being who likes to talk about non-football things, and that's always nice when you can get somebody like that. But he was asked about the Auburn-Oregon rumor mill stuff that he had to address in a press conference, and I, I thought this was a pretty good follow-up to what this job or place kind of means to him. Yeah, they love it here. We love it here. Um, and, you know, I don't blame anybody for feeling that way, but I'll just say, you know, actions speak louder than words. So we just, you know, but the, ultimately this place was a fit, not just for me from a standpoint of as a football coach, this was a fit for my family. And um, I don't mind saying it. Like I'm not a, I'm not a fit for the big city and the traffic. And there's a lot of pieces that, that, that don't make a lot of sense for me. This, everything about, uh, the University of Oregon and our ability to win here, our ability to retain coaches, elite, uh, you know, go recruit elite players, all those things, every box gets checked here for me. And I was looking for a place not only where I can raise my family, but also have success on the football field and all those things kind of add up here. Yeah. It, you know, it's funny. Coach, Some coaches are just all about climbing the ladder, but I don't, I don't get that sense with you. I mean, you've already brought up, you know, you're, you've had one kid who's lived in eight states you know, you know, you've talked to us about the perspective you have from your wife's cancer diagnosis. I would imagine that changes a guy. Like it makes you maybe take your eye off of, oh, I got to get to the next big um, job, and you know, appreciate what you have in a good place like Eugene. Yeah, and I'll, I guess 
I'll one up you and say like, I, this is the top of the ladder, man. This is Oregon. This is like a, this is an elite program. You know, yeah, I get to wake up and pinch myself. Like, I don't, I don't know that there is better than here, right? And uh, I appreciate that and think about that every single day. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not chasing opportunities anymore. I've, I've, I've got the opportunity I want. So there you go. I mean, he's he's not chasing opportunity, and we don't need to dive into it much. I just i I think it's just nice to hear, and maybe you know, college coaching and coaching in general is kind of a disgusting business in some ways. But he he at least comes off as pretty sincere about what he who he is and like kind of what he's aiming for in his own life. So yeah, he he seems genuine, and he's given me and Duck fan no reason to not believe him. I think we focus a lot on the coaches that are in the rat race, that are always looking for the next job, the bigger program, the yeah. homecoming story. And sometimes we forget around college football, there's a lot of guys that aren't that way. There's a lot of guys who are, are committed to their program, who like where they're at. I mean, Matt Campbell, how many opportunities has he had to leave Iowa State over the last five years? Yeah. And he's not leaving. He just likes it there. It's a good spot. Not a lot of pressure. He can have a 7-5 season and nobody wants to fire him. Gary Patterson was that way at TCU forever until they ironically ended up firing him after build, building a statue for him. So there, there are coaches out there that are this way, that say, I'm happy where I'm at. And I think if you're Oregon, you're just hoping that everything that he's saying is true and that is the guy that you have right now. Uh, on the game part of this, he was asked about preparing Preparing for Michael Penix, I mean, he had to get ready for DTR. He's such a different quarterback in this passing attack for Penix in Washington. Uh, it's in the upper echelon in this conference. Here was Dan Lanning on preparing for Michael Penix in that offense. Yeah, they're two. They're two really different players. They're not. They're not really the same player uh, in my mind. Obviously, DTR is definitely more. Definitely more involved in the run game. Um, you know, if you go back and look at you know him coming into our game, he, he really hadn't completed as many. Th- he was really accurate. Um, they completed a lot of passes, but those weren't really passes down the field. The biggest difference in Penix is his, his ability to throw the ball down the field and connect. You know, they've connected on a lot of shots downfield. They're the number one passing team in the nation, so for for a good reason. That's that's what he's been really elite at. It's an interesting thing to look into, man, because there's a lot of aspects you could look at on Washington's defense, which is very suspect. Um, and I think Oregon State kind of showed some of that on the ground, like some of those ground numbers we talked about last week for that Oregon State-Washington game were a little mm-hmm. misleading, but Oregon State doesn't have a quarterback like Bo Nix. And so the passing attack should be there for Oregon. The secondary is not particularly strong, I think, for Washington. And so we could dive into that, but I do want to focus because the Oregon, we, we call it weakness, maybe less than positional group for them outside of Gonzalez. Seems to be kind of the secondaries, the conventional thinking that you can pass on this Oregon team, mm-hmm. and Washington's going to pass. I wouldn't be surprised if Penix threw 50 balls in this game because that seems to kind of be the recipe for them to have the most success. Well, especially if the score dictates it, right? Like if, if Oregon's yeah. able to build an early lead and you're up by 14 maybe at halftime, you're going to get 40 throws in the second half because that's what Washington's going to have to do uh, to get back in the game. I actually think, you know, Oregon's defense has given up a few chunk plays the last couple of weeks. Cal hit them over the top a couple of times. Colorado had their only touchdown of the game was a long bomb touchdown where it was just a blown coverage in the back end. I think it was Stevens who just it was supposed to be a cover three. They played a cover two, and he wasn't in the right spot but really what has given them problems for most of the season is the underneath stuff and it's tackling in space and I think that's where Washington's going to to try and attack Oregon what leaves me confident is that Oregon has been able to rely on a defense that's going to give up yards but find a way to make a stop when they need to right like I they like I go back to the UCLA game for example we knew that UCLA was going to move the ball on them we knew UCLA was going to score points on them. UCLA has one of the best offenses in the country when you look up at the end of the three quarters 
Oregon had given up 16 points to UCLA. Yeah. They ended up scoring 30 in that game. 14 of them came in garbage time, and Oregon won by 15. This defense early in the game set, it held UCLA to a field goal on their opening drive. They held them to a field goal late in the first half. They held them to a field goal to start the third quarter. And those are big. Like that, Those are wins in college football at this point with how good some of these offenses are. It's impossible to go three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out, and shut a team down. You know Washington's going to move the football. But when it comes inside the 25-yard line, can you get a sack on third down? Can you have a safety that steps up and makes a play? I think Addison is a player to watch this week. He's played really well the last couple of weeks in the back end uh, for this defense. And the part of their pass defense that doesn't get talked about enough is it, it is a twofold. And it is not just missing coverages or missing tackles in the open field. It's also generating pressure as a pass rush and not allowing Michael Penix to have all day to throw the football. And that was something going back to the UCLA game, the last quote-unquote big game that Oregon played, was when they were able to build a lead on UCLA and they knew UCLA was going to be one-dimensional in the second half, they were able to unleash, unleash a pass rush that threw DTR off and it threw his timing off and he wasn't able to hit on guys down the field. And it wasn't like you look at the end of the game and they had seven sacks and you know 39 pressures, but it was enough consistently in the second half to make him uncomfortable and make some misses happen in the passing game. Penix is a guy who has traditionally turned the football over more than he has this year. But what he has done this year, and you saw this against Oregon State last week when he threw a pick six under pressure. He threw another ball that could have been another pick six later in the first half. Uh, you go back to the UCLA game when they got pressure on him. He threw a couple of bad picks. Like He is a guy, when you're asking a quarterback to throw the football 45, 47 times a game, like he, you, you're going to make mistakes every now and then, and especially if you can get pressure. So to me, I, a lot of attention is going to be given to the secondary and can you cover. I, I think it's on the pass rush. Can you make his life miserable by making him run around, making him make quick decisions, because if he can, he's going to make some mistakes. It's going to be interesting to see if UW tries to balance in the run a little more than we think. Oregon's yeah. rush defense statistically is the best in the conference. I, I'd have to go look at the opponents and how all that stuff kind of measures out. Red zone's an important area. We all know that. Oregon is second in the conference. They convert 74% of their red zone trips into touchdowns. That's a good number. That's an amazing number, and Washington's not quite that high defensively in the red zone they're about the same so there's just so many angles I think you could look at this game Um, can Washington's defense get a stop I mean that's that's the ultimate question Washington's going to score 20 to 30 points in this game I don't really have any doubt in my mind of that can can they get a stop we're going to go to softy here but I want to ask you one more I've noted this before. I listen to your the, the pregame show, as you should every weekend here on The Fan. We are the home of the Oregon Ducks. You should support our local content, our local programming. We are out here. We're pre-pre tomorrow at noon. We're doing it for the people, by the people, for the people. Everyday people. Uh, we are the people. I listen, and I jokingly say, oh, Dirt's bringing up a topic that we didn't bring up Monday through Friday. <laughs> Boy, that was a great topic. Where was that one there, Chief? What's the topic you're not bringing up all week on this game that I'm going to hear you go, Anthony, you know I'm not <laughs> the two-dime DB package against the pass rush of a three-man drop. Like, you're going to say something, and I'm going to go, what the hell is he talking about? Where was this? What is that tomorrow? I need a spoiler. I need you to throw it. I honestly don't think I have anything You're holstered. such a piece of crap. I got nothing I, I cannot wait to hear I this. don't know what's going to – you know, sometimes uh, ideas just come to me. You know, it's, okay. a, it's a thought bubble that generates during conversation. But I feel like you watch film all week and you only bring <laughs> film analysis to the pregame show, not the Monday through Friday show. As a former prestigious quarterback, I like to evaluate film, all right? I like to evaluate quarterback play. I've noticed Penix rolls to his right, his conversion rate on first and three. <laughs> 
is 73%. And I'm like, how does he know that? Like, where does he get these numbers? Yeah, from? I just, I'm curious to ask Softy, and I want to ask Anthony tomorrow too. Like, how do you defend, how do you go about trying to stop Oregon? Like, what is your game plan defensively? What do, is, or what is Washington? Do you going try to and do? take yeah. away the run? Because you know how good their offensive line is. They've only given up one sack all year. So, all right, let's try and bottle that up. Do you say, hey, let's double team Troy Franklin? Let's try and take him away. Like, do you have to spy Bo Nix on every play? Like, it's just, it's a very complicated offense to stop. And that's the difference between this Oregon's team and past Oregon teams is that I, the defense is an issue. I trust the offense to go out and score 40-plus points. We have Sprague and Line an hour from right now, so get the Sprague and Line sponsors in at 503-250-1080. That's the fan text line. We'll get to a little NFL, and of course, we will talk about the Beavers and Cal game. Dirt posting a question, pissing off Beaver fan last night. But coming up next, the Daily Ticker, Dave Softy Mahler. What does he think about this matchup between this Washington team and where Oregon's at right now? Uh, Softy from uh, 93.3 KJR joins us. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medela. If you've persevered through, you deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame, two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the Markable Fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now, before we do this, Let's go over the ground rules. Pelican Brewing presents the Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit with the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about, and some you haven't. How'd you do that? Actually, I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Sprague is brought to you by Pelican Brewing, born at the beach. All right, Daily Ticker time here on a Friday, brought to you on the fan by Pelican Brewing Company, born at the beach online at pelicanbrewing.com. Obviously, Oregon-Washington, the big game this weekend. You can find it right here on the fan tomorrow, kicking off at 4. Pre-game will begin uh, at noon. Joining us now from Seattle is known Husky honk, our friend Dave Softy Mahler, at SoftyKJR on Twitter. Uh, Softy, good morning to you, man. How are you? Oregon-Washington hate week? How you feeling? <laughs> here we go, baby. I'm, I'm full of hate. That's that. That's how I'm feeling. It's 7:30 in the morning. I'm barely awake. I haven't even finished my cup of coffee, and so yeah, I'm full of animosity and hatred. Well, you're also on a landline for you and your partner and your team <laughs> and your stupid ass fan base. 
Hey, good morning. That's what you guys wanted, right? Yeah, that's exactly what we wanted. Now, like, right, 15 out of 17, 16 out of 18, like, are, are you numb to it at this point? Yeah, it doesn't mean much anymore, to be honest with you. You know, it's funny. I was talking to a guy the other day who was asking me about my my favorite wins over Oregon. And honestly, most of the, the ones that stand out come in, like, the last 25 years because growing up as a kid – Beating Oregon wasn't really a big deal, yeah. you know? I mean, it just it, it happened all the time. I mean, go back and look at, like, from the early 70s to the early 90s, Washington owned this series. And then from the mid-90s to today, you guys, Oregon, have owned this series. So it's totally flipped on its ear. Uh, you know, uh, the, the last 45, 50 years have kind of been split between – UW and Oregon. So growing up for me, it was about, you know, beating USC and winning games like the Rose Bowl against Michigan and knocking off Oklahoma and the Orange Bowl, games like that, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, yeah, there's the 70-21, and yeah, there's the two games back-to-back where the Huskies put up 40, I think, in 2002 and 2003. Uh, one of them down there was that ridiculous Northwest Championship when Braxton Clemen, you know, had that T-shirt on, checking off the boxes, beating Wazoo, Oregon, Oregon State. But it's amazing how if you're a Husky fan, guys, and you're in like your late 20s, early 30s, you don't know anything different than Oregon dominating UW, and that makes me nauseous. Well, let me ask you, though, the co- the coaching side of this, Softy, because last yeah. year obviously was what it was. What have you learned about Kalen DeBoer and, and just how you're generally feeling about where this direction of the program is going for you guys up there? Well, I think you got to feel good about it, but you also got to wonder what the hell Jimmy Lake was doing on defense when it came to recruiting, because mm-hmm. look at the cupboard that Dan Lanning took over versus as the cover that Kalen DeBoer took over, at least on that side of the ball. I mean, there's some problems with the secondary. I know that down there in Eugene. We can talk about that in a second. But, you know, Washington's used to having some defensive backs that can play in the NFL. And right now, at least for today, they don't have any, you know. I mean, all the guys that left, Kyler Gordon, Trent McDuffie, you know, Ben Burke-Curvin at linebacker back in the day, they, they have not really been able to replace any of those guys when it comes to recruiting. So I, I, I don't know what the hell Jimmy was doing. Uh, obviously, he was way in over his head. Uh, his last game, as a matter of fact, was against the Ducks a year ago, and then they got fired a week later. So I think Kevin DeBoer has righted the ship. I mean, they've gone from 4-8 and eight to 7-2, and two, probably – should have beaten Arizona State. They were just beaten by a better UCLA team that day at the Rose Bowl, but his demeanor has been pretty consistent, man, the entire season. His approach has been the exact same, and in a lot of ways, he kind of reminds me of Chris Peterson that way. I mean, obviously, Kalen DeBoer has a long damn way to go to catch up to Chris Peterson. We all understand that, but his, his model, his philosophies, and his culture Anywhere this guy goes, he's winning, whether as a coordinator or a head coach. You know, Indiana, uh, Fresno State, UW, they've been able to do some good things everywhere he's been. So we're hoping for more of the same. But it just really feels like, to kind of answer your question, they've they've really toned down a lot of the rhetoric. You know, you're not going to hear Jimmy, excuse me, Kalen DeBoer talking about, you know, that stupid-ass academically prowess thing that we heard a year ago (laughs) out of Jimmy, which I'll be honest with you, I'm totally cool with coaches talking smack, yeah. but it, it, it didn't even make any sense. 
right? Like grammatically, it made no freaking sense when it came out of his mouth. I'm like, what are you talking about? Did that guy just take a shot at Oregon's academics? Scott Woodward, the old AD, was on our pregame show from Watson Stadium like 15 years ago and absolutely took a shot at Oregon's academics. Everybody understood it to a point where Woodward actually had to come out and apologize for it a couple of days later. I still have no idea what the hell Jimmy Lake was even talking about. So I don't know. That, that, that stuff has calmed down a bit for sure. Well, and the funny thing, too, is he tried to, you know, do the academic argument, we're smarter up here, and then he punts the ball down by eight over, you know, they hike it over the punter's <laughs> head, and it's like, all right, well, yeah, but it, it ended up being a good thing for Washington, because they needed to get rid of him. They needed him to be fired, and, and well, obviously look, they're going the right direction. about Jimmy Lake, and, and uh, Petros Papadakis, who you guys know, is with me every week on the radio show, and he, he put it perfectly. He said, look, it was the right call to hire Jimmy Lake, and it was the right call to fire Jimmy Lake. Jimmy Lake was being, you know, courted by a lot of teams around the country as defense coordinator, um, and he, he absolutely could have taken off and gone to a place like the SEC. So it was the right call to give the guy the job. It was the right call yeah. to fire him. I think you're seeing why now. Well, you just never know. Yeah, I mean, I know when Oregon hired Dan Lanning, there's that fear of like, hey, everybody loved Jimmy Lake. I remember interviewing him at Pac-12 Media Day, and I'm like, I get it. This guy's got it. He's charismatic. I see why the players love him, and it just never translated, which is weird. But let me ask you this, because clearly they've upgraded as a coach, and their offense is back to you know being a, a, a modern-day offense instead of being stuck in like 1975 where yeah. the, the the missing link for them going forward is going to be what you pointed out, and that was how the recruiting fell off under Jimmy Lake. Like, you look at the 2023 class right now. I know Washington's third, but the number of four- and five-star prospects that are going to places like USC and Oregon, there's a huge gap between the top two and where Washington is at. I know Tracy Ford's bringing a ton of kids from the Seattle area down to this game in Eugene this weekend. Like, are, are you seeing – I don't know how closely you follow the recruiting stuff, but are you seeing yeah. inroads made there? Because you can be as good X's and O's wise as you want, but as you know defensively right now you got to have the jimmies and joes if you want to hang yeah i'm not seeing it yet obviously i mean with guys like connerly and caleb presley players like that from up here in seattle those are guys that caleb DeBoer's got to hang on to clearly he just he just hasn't been up here long enough to get those guys convinced to stay home i mean whoever the head coach at oregon is you guys know this is gonna have a gigantic machine behind them you know when it comes to the amenities and when it comes to the marketing and i think that that resonates with kids the nil resonates with kids the deal that connerly got from you guys down there is different than the deal he was going to get up here in Seattle. So, you know, it's it's time to start kind of, you know, rocking the boat a little bit, I think, in that regard. If you're Kalen DeBoer and the coaching staff, there's no question about that. Um, but this game will go a long way in, I think, changing perceptions. If Washington can go down there and win this game as a 13-and-a-half-point underdog, I think you're going to start to turn a lot of eyebrows. Do I think Washington's going to win the game? No, I don't. Would I be shocked if they did? No, I would not. I look at two teams in Oregon and UW, and frankly, look, I mean, Oregon deserves the ranking. There's no doubt about it. Every team behind them, I think, you know, you can make a case that Oregon's better than they are, but you mentioned the gap in recruiting. I think there's a giant gap from the top two or three teams in the country to everybody else in the nation. I see an Oregon football team that I think if they played Georgia again would get their ass kicked again the second time. How do you compete with teams like that when you can't play pass defense? How do you compete with teams like that when you can't get off the field on third down? Oregon's 126 in the country on third down, so they may be good enough to make waves in the Pac-12 and maybe even beat a team like a USC in the championship game. Uh, but if Oregon does make the Final Four, my one wish is they play Georgia again and get destroyed all over again. Uh, Softy, I'll, I'll ask you. You just said it there. If they win, you wouldn't be surprised. Um, I, yeah. I, I won't be surprised if UW keeps this one close, but I'll ask you, if UW's winning, 
What does right. that look like? Because defensively, they're not strong, as you note. Offensively, no, we know right. what they can do. How does UW yep. win that game? It just means Oregon can't stop Michael Penix and Roma Dunze and McMillan and Taj Davis and Giles Jackson. I'm watching a guy in Ryan Grubb, the offensive coordinator guys for Washington. He's calling plays, and he's got multiple receivers running wide open on every single play. Actually, the toughest test they had this year was last week against the Beavers, and they got real physical, and they yeah. kind of pushed them around a little bit. And I thought it took UW some time to kind of get going in that regard. And finally, uh, after the uh, delay when the lights went out, they were kind of able to pull ahead and put together a 95-yard drive to put themselves in position to get that game-winning field goal from Peyton Henry, who you guys know missed that 37-yarder down there in 2018. So that's the way it has to look. Because UW's defense is not good enough right now, I think, to hold Oregon to under 40 points. They've scored 40 points, as you guys know, in every single game since the Georgia game. Mm -hmm. Bo Nix is a runner, scares the hell out of me. That second option with him and his legs is a major problem. Uh, that running game, the offensive line, is obviously a you know, death by a thousand paper cuts. So I just think that this is going to have to be one of those games where Michael Penix and those uh, wide receivers are going to have to just continue to do what they've done against everybody and that's just put up 35 40 plus points in this game and hope that this is a shootout otherwise they got no chance you want a business idea you should start an only fans account and charge duck fans to watch you live streaming this game <laughs> yeah so am i doing it naked i mean you can, do topless. Fans? you can do topless i, I would you know. just put your feet in front of the camera yeah, there you go you. Yeah. you know the fact that you even uh first of all do you have an only fans account he does yeah, yeah come on he does yeah i'm a, I'm okay, a hot piece you. of ass gotcha. down here softy yeah. what are you talking about Tell me the, uh, send me the username and password, and I'll log on. I, uh, I did that, actually. When I know. Peyton Henry missed that field goal. I was yeah. sick as a dog, and I was at home, and I missed the game, and I'm live-streaming Peyton Henry's field goal attempt. I still can't believe they freaking missed that thing. You can put some of that on Peterson, I guess, if you want, for pulling up too early on the offense, but my God, what uh, a memory. Softy, I believe that game is what led you to block my co-host that day, because I think he yeah. barked at you hey, on I'm Twitter. Hey, I'm unblocked. I'm sure back, there's baby. a thousand other things that you deserve to be blocked. You know, I should unblock you and then just mute your ass. You already unblocked Beauty me. The greatest thing in the world. Muting is the greatest thing in the world. If you want to look up his OnlyFans, it's Dirty Duck 420. <laughs> Dirty Duck 420. Yeah, Dirty Duck 420. Okay. All right. Well, and I'm going to be Password on with Penix Power. <laughs> Penix Power. Well, I'm going to be on with uh, Furness later. So a Coog and a Duck are going to get together and hate on the Huskies. Hey, enjoy the game. We always have uh, enjoy having you on to get some folks riled up. At uh, Softy KJR on Twitter. Go give him a follow on Twitter. Be nice to him, or he might block you. And uh, we'll, we'll do this again so uh, soon. Thanks, Softy. All right, go dogs. See you, boys. There you go, Dave Softy Mahler <laughs> from KJR. And you know, weirdly, like, yeah, maybe you don't see UW winning that game. Weirdly very humbled, I think, the last couple years to the point where he's like. I mean, like, what are you going to say? They've lost 15 out of 17. That's what I'm saying. I mean, he got like, nothing. I, <laughs> I think people come for his tears where he's just, like, saying outlandish things. He's not doing that anymore. He's like, I, what do you want me to say? We're getting our ass kicked every year in this thing. Like. Yeah. A little perspective for that man. I I'm, I really hate interviewing people now. By the way, why? I hate the way we sound. It, it oh yeah, it sounds I, awful for us. Doesn't sound good. We'll get it figured out. Yeah.
So, uh, anyways, I, one more thought on this game. Not really on this game, but a funny anecdote from yesterday. And, I, well, there's some audio to go with it. I'll explain that a little bit more on, more on the other side. I put up a poll question that I guess got Beaver fan all fired up. I, we need to talk about that because Oregon State's taking on Cal uh, this weekend. Some NFL injuries affecting the slate this weekend. So, there's still a lot to get to. We'll spring the line at 830 to so get your fixed sponsors in. 503-250-1080. Back after this on the fan. All right, welcome back in. 752. Uh, fake sponsors, welcome. 503-250-1080. We'll do some gambling coming up at 830. We already got Kevin Todd's picks earlier in the show. Thanks again to Softy for hopping on. Yeah, he's, it's kind of like a neutered Husky at this point. You know, like they, they need they need some confidence. They need, they need to win. They need to keep some of these close. Like if, if Washington comes back out and wins this weekend at Autzen, oh, yeah. the vitriol and the rivalry will be back mm-hmm. to where it was maybe 10 years ago. But... Uh, not not quite there right now, and I think even he knows that that they're a, they're a two touchdown underdog for a reason this weekend. I think they're going to keep this close. I keep maintaining this opinion. I have been wrong on Oregon in a couple games. <laughs> you I, took him to cover the spread yesterday. You took the the dogs to cover the thirteen. And I, a half. I did. I mainly did that out of just being different. But like, it's not me being anti Oregon here, despite what some may think, because I went to Oregon State. It's just like I'm trying to picture this game. And yes, Oregon could very well boat race this Washington team. But 13 and a half points, maybe a backdoor cover, and the possibility of not even that, just them being able to throw the football successfully on that secondary, mm-hmm. controlling it a little longer than you think. You know, Oregon's been flying high on offense for a long time. Are they prone to have one game? Is there going to be a game here where they struggle a little bit offensively? They're out of rhythm for whatever reason. Very well could be. You could say, hey, that was at the Cal game in the first half, and then they still blew them out. But I don't know. I, th- I think Washington can keep this somewhat close put a little bit of a scare and make this game entertaining. I don't want it to happen, but it'd be good for the rivalry. If there's a scare and it's tight and it's close and you're going into the fourth quarter and it, it does not go the way that some people think it is where Oregon kind of runs away with it. I totally for- forgot about the academic line by <laughs> Lake, and then also I love that you paired that with that punting decision and how just... I mean, the academic prowess is great. Let's punt down by eight with a minute and a half left in the game from our own end zone. When you're down, down, one possession game, and (laughs) let's hike it over our punter's head so we lose by 10. By the way, they had two timeouts, not three. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So you couldn't even stop the clock. (laughs) Couldn't even get the ball back. And that's why you got fired. So uh, last thing on this, we'll move on in the final hour. I want to talk about the beefs, but uh, uh, Dan Lanning is on with Isaac and Suk every Thursday at 4, and he had a funny note. So last week he had mentioned – you know, they, they try and get like personal with him. Like, let's learn more about Dan Lanning. And he said one of the things he likes to do at night is listen to the Calm app before he goes to bed. Like, it's a, a meditation kind of thing for him. And they didn't ask a follow-up. And then yesterday they asked him a follow-up at the end of the interview. This is right when the phone cut him off. And it was basically, uh, you know, what, what kind of things do you listen to other than, like, motivational you know, breathing technique. Like, what what else do you listen to? And Lanning said, uh, people might make fun of me for this, but sometimes I need a lullaby from Matthew McConaughey. And I I did a double take like, wait, what did he just did he just say that before he goes to bed? He needs a lullaby from Matthew McConaughey. And so it got me wondering, are you guys do you guys use the calm app? I've never used it before. No, uh, you know me. I'm cheap. OK, no, you I, have to pay for it. I'm assuming a monthly. Subscription. I don't think that would be free. Right. When you make people pay for that service. I just I, put on a fan. I have no idea for the noise. Okay. I do like white noise. Sure, white noise is good, yeah. and I get you know sometimes my wife will listen to like a you know a meditation thing before she goes to bed. Does not pay for it though. Sure, Brown water works for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine's just a plant. Yeah, yeah I have a plant know. that tucks me in. You at roll night. up a tree and I'm you're good old to go. School. 
Uh, so we, it got us wondering, what does a lullaby from Matthew McConaughey sound like? And Swag found something. So here, hopefully it doesn't put you to sleep if you're on your way to work. But uh, enjoy this. Well, hello there. <laughs> I'm Matthew McConaughey. And tonight I'll be reading a special sleep story called Wonder. Before we begin, as you settle in under the covers with your head easing into the pillow and your body sinking God, into so the mattress, good. I'd like you to let your mind drift with me okay, for just a minute. Let's ask the question. How often do we ponder the depth of the present moment? The one we're in. I mean, how often do we really feel what's happening within and around us? Allowing ourselves to be moved, to be inspired, to be filled with gratitude for the mystery and the beauty of this universe and of this life. <laughs> that is so good. Now go buy a Lincoln Navigator. That is so Bro. good. A Power 5 top 10 coach listens to that to go to sleep. <laughs> Isn't that great? I was like, I need to hear what a Matthew McConaughey lullabies, like sleep story sounds like. I need to hear that. And that that lived up to the I hype. I think your dreams will be better. His uh, His voice underrated. It's not underrated. I think it's properly rated. I, think it's pro- I don't think like when you say uh, like narrating on... things. I don't feel like McConaughey gets brought oh, up. No, enough. I think oh, he's on I the A list. He yeah. is oh, on okay. the A list short uh, yeah. list. I think he's on the A list as well for narration. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean he, I mean he literally is hired by a car company to just say that exact stuff. You ever just yeah. ponder in the middle of the road <laughs> and say, "I'm not looking back." Lincoln. He has he has enough of a drawl. <laughs> yep. To to be soothing without it being, you know. Hickish does does yeah it's 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 right on the line of like exactly yeah. what you like it's like Marty Smith yeah from ESPN great accent great drawl do you think Lanning listens to it because he secretly wishes he had a draw like that because Lanning's got a little bit of that Midwest you can yeah. hear it in his voice a little bit he's got it yeah it's a slight Kansas draw and I feel like if you're if you're from Kansas Missouri whatever <laughs> you're always kind of wishing you had that McConaughey well, hello. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I couldn't listen to that to go to sleep. Really? I don't think I could. I could do like ocean sound. Like if you give me like sound effect kind of stuff, but somebody talking. Uh-huh. No, and one of our P ones brings up a good question. Does his wife listen to this too, or does he put the pods in? I was. I, I hate. I hate falling asleep with headphones. On. I do too. So does that mean the wife has to be on board with whatever we're calming to tonight? I think the wife's kind of on board. I think if you're a wife in that field, you're kind of on board for all of yeah. the weird. Whatever it takes for you to get in the right mental space. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. Matthew McConaughey. Putting, hopefully nobody fell asleep on their way to work if you're driving to work right now. <laughs> I can't believe you thought he was underrated narrator. I, well, I just think like if you do the question of like, hey, who do you want to narrate your life? It's always James Earl Jones, Morgan Freeman. And yeah, like, those are the elite of the Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. Like, yeah. I feel like those names come up a lot, and you don't really hear people say Matthew McConaughey. McC- and I love his voice. What's the guy that does the NFL thing? It, his voice throws me off because he doesn't look like his voice sounds for Hard Knocks. <laughs> uh, Leave Shriver. Leave Shriver's yeah. up there, too. He's a panties just falling off when this comes on. <laughs> Oh, well, hello went. there. Hello there. I'm Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> that might need to the what? Why hello there? Yeah, well, might hello there. To, I'm going to get hello that. Hello there. I'm Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> this one here's a panty dropper. <laughs> I'm going to try that. What on do you guys way. get on to? Oh, man. McConaughey comes on. All right, all right, all right. And try that on the wife as we can turn that on the loudspeaker when she walks in from work tonight. Why, hello there. You just get that when the, <laughs> when you turn the, the handle on your uh, the doorknob to yeah, your bedroom. Yeah. Oh, hello. Well, hello there. <laughs>
All right. Well, there you go. Landing listens to that to go to sleep. And whatever it takes to beat the puppies this weekend and make it 16 out of 18. Let's get to Oregon State Cal. Beaver fans are upset with me for some reason. I want to talk about that. we got a lot of big injuries in the National Football League that need to be discussed. And we will spray the line at 830 to get those fake sponsors in 503-250-1080. Loaded final hour. Don't go anywhere. Don't spray on 10. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 